on this episode of JR the P. The interview, the sensation that broke the internet. Club Shay Shay's interview with the one, the only, Cat Williams. The GOAT, the legend. How, what's going on, Atlanta? You know, it's rainy, it's snowing, it's sleety, it's foggy. A pimp don't know what to wear. <laughs> Poor little Ting Ting. Cat Williams, man. Definitely one of the goats. A legend. <sighs> Club Shay Shay. Shannon Sharp. Um, the interview that broke the internet 2024. Wagwan. What's happening, ladies and gents? It's your old Tucker buddy. Guess who? Jonathan James Ramtran. Reporting live for duty on this magnificent January 13th in the year of our Lord, 2024. Welcome and bienvenue to Jonathan Ramtran, the podcast. What's happening, folks? If you're new to the show, Jonathan Ramtran, the podcast, that is, this is a show where I gob, gab, squawk, and blab about myself in order to relate to y'all self, y'all the dear listener, y'all the dear viewer, shared experiences, kindred souls, BFFs, forever. Yes. Um, like I always encourage, I'm going to be in your will someday. You can't blame me, hopeful thinking. I'm going to be in your will someday. That's how meaningful and in touch my podcast is. You know, people watch, they enjoy. I find a special place into their heart. Then on their deathbed, their phony fake family members gather around and they're crying. <sighs> He's dead. Then they read the will. Motherfucker! He left everything to Jonathan Ramtran of Jonathan Ramtran the podcast, that is. That is how special my podcast is. We talk current events, politics, stand-up comedy, my acting endeavors, my trials and tribulations, the whole wackadoo, ladies and gentlemen, the whole enchilada. You really can't go wrong. The show is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, Clips available on Rumble, my own website, jonathan-ramcharan.com. And as always, folks, if you're enjoying the show, getting some laughs, chuckles, gags, guffaws, chortles, please, would you help my black ass out already? Share me with a friend. Sharing's caring, folks. You know it truly is. Yes. Well, the clip, the interview, the sensation that broke the internet. Club Shay Shay's interview with the one, the only, Cat Williams. The goat, the legend. 
Hey, what's going on, Atlanta? You know, it's rainy, it's snowing, it's sleety, it's foggy. A pimp don't know what to wear. <laughs> Poor little Ting Ting. Gat Williams, man. Definitely one of the goats. A legend. <sighs> Club Shay Shay. Shannon Sharp. Um, the interview that broke the internet, 2024. January. Um, this was a massive, you know, Cat Williams, raw and uncut, you know, he went in deep on the comedy game. It was for fanfare. It was just a really well done podcast by Club Shay Shay, Shannon Sharp. And, um, it was informative. It was, uh, tantalizing it was you know juicy the whole wackadoo you know informative entertaining juicy you know scandalous it was like a real eye-opener so let's start off club shay shay shannon sharp now i'm not a clout chaser i can't claim to know everything about shannon sharp you know what i mean I never watched his football career, you know, like when I was growing up, I wasn't, you know, I was getting drunk, I was getting drunk, chasing pussy, not saying it was right, I'm not saying I, that's what people should do, I'm not saying anything, that's just the way it was. Growing up, I was busy getting drunk, getting busy chasing pussy, smoking cigarettes, I didn't play football, I wasn't much of an athlete, though I'm coming into my own as an adult, you know. Physicality is very important. But anyways, growing up, I I didn't really follow football, so I, I, I'm not really, you know, I was never really aware of Shannon Sharp's remarkable career as a football player, um, you know, successful sports analyst. Um, it's only recently, within the last six months, um, you know, I was just browsing around on YouTube and, oh, Club Shay Shay. Shannon Sharp interviews Earthquake. Oh, Club Shay Shay. Shannon Sharp interviews Steve Martin. <laughs> that would be a good interview, right? Get get Steve Martin up on that motherfucking Club Shay Shay. I'm a real wacky fun guy. <laughs> and hey, shout out to Steve Martin. Uh a legend goat in his own right in the comedy game. I read his biography, Born Standing Up. I've seen his movies, The Jerk, Bowfinger. Bowfinger? Yes, Bowfinger. For a minute there, I was confusing it with Bullworth. But Bowfinger with uh, Eddie Murphy, dope. Um, you know, The Three Amigos, Trains, Planes, and Automobiles. Um, you know... Steve Martin, you know what I mean? Comedy goat. He's like running master classes now, you know, master classes in, um, you know, stand-up comedy and writing. He's doing those now and he's touring as far as I can tell. He's a banjist. He plays the old banjo. You know, I I, I ain't no fucking scrub. I ain't no slouch on the bass guitar myself. I'm all right. But anyway, shout out Steve Martin. But anyways, I mean, 
he was doing um, interviews. Shannon Sharp. He was interviewing like um, Steve Harvey, um, Earthquake, major comedians. You know, um, comedians that I like, comedians I've heard of. And I was like, oh, Shannon Sharp, Club Shay Shay, interviewing comics, interviewing media people, celebrities. Cool. You know what I mean? And, um, you know, he's the, propi- he's the proprietor of uh, Shannon Sharp. You know, I'm the proprietor of Club Shay Shay. He's like the proprietor, proprietor of Club Shay Shay. He does like, you know... Um, he has his own cognac, I believe. I don't drink anymore, but uh, he he does he sells like cognac. He like he makes it himself. I guess he brews it or something. So basically, what I'm saying is, I came to Club Shay Shay with fresh eyes. I'm like, hey, a well done podcast, um, a very engaging, entertaining host, great guests, Club Shay Shay. So about six months ago, I subscribed. New Year, 2024, first couple days of 2024, I'm just kind of browsing on on YouTube. Shannon Sharp interviews Cat Williams. It's raining, it's snowing, it's sleeting, a pimp don't know what to wear. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, um, all right, well, I got to check this out, obviously, Cat Williams. Now, yo, some of the backlash that Shannon Sharp was getting was just haters, you know? They wish and they wish and on me. Yeah, bad things, a lot of bad things. And they wish and I wish and on me. These motherfuckers be clout chasing and hating and talking shit about Shannon Sharp. Yo, like, come on. Club Shay Shay, well done podcast. Looks great. It's filmed great. His crew, his crew too, whoever's filming Club Shay Shay. They, um, you know, like, for example, podcasting, it's easy to just, not easy, but you you can get lazy. You could just set up a camera and whatever, go on autopilot. But, you know, they they do really good um, film work, filming of the podcast, editing. And also, you know, there was times in the Cat Williams interview when Cat Williams changed levels. He stood up, he sat down, he was moving around. The camera was there the whole time, you know? It caught the good footage. It covered. It covered well. So, um, you know, it's just a really well done podcast. And he's getting a lot of flack for being a clout chaser and a this and a that. And a, he didn't defend his guests. Well, first of all, Shannon Sharp, he did defend his guests. There were times when Cat was going off. How did this motherfucker get to this? It don't make sense. I'm telling you right now. 30 years in the pimping game. Been pimping since pimping's been pimping. I've been doing stand-up. This is my 28th back-to-back 100-city tour, motherfucker. Been pimping since been pimping. You can't play that game on me, sir. No, you can't play that game on me, sir. I've done my homework, sir. And he's just going off on all these fucking comics. Shannon Sharp's like, oh, hold on now, cat. Shit now, cat. You can't be saying, oh, come on now, cat. That motherfucker's funny. Cat. Come on, oh, come on now. You got some things to get off your chest. It seems that you have some things to get off your chest, cat. Damn, cat, you can be doing these motherfuckers like that, cat. You know, like, Shannon Sharp, he stood up for his guests. He did. He did stand up for his guests. 
But he also did the very smart thing. He did the smart thing, in my opinion. And that is when someone, that is when, if somebody is talking, and especially if someone is divulging information, or perhaps, or perhaps an interesting point of view, one should listen. Damn, that's all. Come on now, cat. That's all. That's all. Unk did. That's all. Shannon Sharp did. He listened. He just. He didn't um, condemn or confirm. He just listened. And you know. Um, Shannon Sharp has said that he is a conversationalist. So he's bringing people together. Club Shay Shay, he's the proprietor. You know, he runs a great tight ship. And um, yeah, he just brings people together for conversations. So he let them people do their thing. And also, where was the pushback, the backlash, when other comedians came onto Shannon Sharp's podcast and made allegations or claims? There was no pushback or blowback there. You know? Come on now. How, how, how y'all going to be criticizing Unk? Come on now. You know? So, hey, salute. Yeah, it's Club Shay Shay. He did a great interview. And um, so I just want to speak on that for a second and dispel. Hey, I mean, I guess it's all point of view. But for in my opinion, I just want to dispel some of that blowback because people are saying that oh he just let him talk and criticize the guests and you know he was you know he he just stood he just sat there while cat williams ran his mouth well i mean that's the smart thing to do you got a goat you got one of the greatest comedians to do it spitting facts Alleged facts, spitting game on the comedy game. You should listen to these allegations. You should listen to his point of view. You know? You should listen to Cat Williams. If he's going to talk, let him talk, right? But I will say one thing. So, Unk, Shannon Sharp, um, he's like, uh, you know, like I said, I, I, I think the quality of his show is very good. And he does amazing intros. I've seen him intro plenty of guests. And one thing that always stood out to me was like, wow. You know, like, he has the energy. He has the swag. And, you know, he, he, he rips into those interviews. I mean, he does a great... Uh, sorry, uh, those intros. He rips into those intros very good, you know. My next guest. He is a multimedia fasted performer he does this he does that da, 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 da. he goes into it right and it's really good and um but i was watching the cat williams one and it was like kind of fumbled that one but 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 that could happen to anybody imagine having cat williams sitting across from you staring you down during during a intro you know, having one of the greatest comics to ever do it sitting across from you and you're introducing him, right? Poor Unk, poor Shannon. He's like, um, my next guest right now, he is a multifaceted comedian. He has um, 17 
stand-up comedy specials. He is known internationally. And little by little, he had to like consult his notes. And he was like fumbling. Could have happened to anybody. You know what I mean? So I just thought that was kind of interesting. You know, and uh, it was just kind of funny because um, that just speaks to the gravitas of Cat Williams. Because, you know, Shannon Sharp, NFL legend, well-experienced in the interviewing game. You know, he's been doing conversations and interviews. I think the Cat Williams one he said was something like his 160th, 160th, 200th, something like that. So, you know, a very experienced interviewer, yet he got a little shook in front of Cat. You could tell. I probably would too. Anybody would. You know what I mean? That's a, it's a tall order to fill. You know? And, um, you know, now getting into Cat. Cat is the man. Cat Williams. He really is, man. Um, you know, he makes hood excellence look so appealing. You know what I mean? Like... Like, growing up, I was never really into, like, gang banging or, like, wearing chains and rings and shit like that. But, like, does not, does Cat not make it look fucking good? I'd be, like, watching Cat Williams on Club Shay Shay, and I'm just like, that is one fucking iced out fucking neck piece. And the fucking matching rings and the bracelets, the whole wackadoo the guy's wearing, like... 1.5 1.5 million across his neck and wrist. I'm just like, you know what I mean? Got me thinking, like, motherfucker, all that, I'm doing it too. You know what I mean? You know, f- in honor of Cat, I got to start blinging it up a little bit here too. Why not? You know what I mean? It's a new year, 2024. You know, it's not quite my thing to do, but I'm blinging it up a little bit too. So, you know, you really inspired me for some of that hood excellence. You know what I mean? Like, like he makes it look Pimpin' since Pimpin's been Pimpin', motherfucker, you know? Got me even wanting to talk like that, you know? Fuck y'all niggas, you fucking fake, phony motherfuckers. I'm co- It's the new year 2024, the truth is gonna win out, motherfucker. Yes. He's like ominous the way he talks, you know what I mean? Oh, you know, the truth is gonna win out in 2024, motherfucker. Y'all niggas are done playing long enough, all right? You're just like... You know what I mean? He, he, he inspires you. You know what I mean? So, I mean, like, you kind of, you, you know, you just, you know, Cat Williams, 52, 5 foot 2, 52 at 5 foot 2, you know, he still has such a presence. Like, I'm in my own home right now and I'm talking shit about him. I'm getting a little nervous. I'm like, looking out the window and looking around the corner. You just, you never know when he pop up and roast your ass or fucking put the Mac down, you know? He's a, he ain't no joke. Salute. Mr. Williams. You know? And, um, some people were trying to make fun of his outfit. I mean, that Fendi jacket was fucking tight. That, I was like, wow. You know, I mean, 1.5 mil neck piece, bracelets. Now the Fendi, you know, the Fendi, like, I think it was like a, I don't know, it was like a leather coat with like that fur neck, even though I'm 
you know, I love animals and shit. I mean, I still wouldn't mind shooting a few foxes for a dope coat. You know what I mean? But that guy makes it look. You just you just like starbound when you see him, right? You're just, right. So, um, anyways, he's looking phenomenal. He's right on point. He launches right into it. Now, I will say this. Now, I can't confirm or deny any of the allegations Cat Williams made. He made these allegations. I mean, hey, I can't confirm. I can't deny. He is very well plugged into the game. He's a vet. He's a legend. He would know probably more than anybody the things he's talking about, but I can't confirm. I can't deny. I'm a comedian myself. I'm working my way up in the game. I don't know. I don't personally know any of the comedians he was talking about. I can't confirm and I can't deny. And a lot of the comedians, well, a few of the comedians he mentioned, I actually do like. I think they're talented, but I can't confirm or deny any allegations. But I will say this about Cat Williams. When Cat Williams is right 100% that comedy is competitive. If you're looking at Cat and going, oh, wow, he seems angry and bitter and off the wall. And why is he going after all these comics? And why is he got all this, you know, oh, he's in his he's in his feelings or whatever the fuck, right? Like, no, man. Comedy, like any business, is competitive. Think about it. If a pizza parlor opens on a corner and right across the street, kitty corner to that pizza parlor, another pizza parlor opens up, are they going to be friends? Are they going to be buddy-buddy in business? No, they're going to be competitive. Not necessarily a bad thing. It has its pros, it has its cons. But comedy is competitive. So I, I, I 100% agree with his point of view and I understand where he's coming from because there's like this false narrative out there that, oh, comedy is just like this loving community and flowing uh, Neverland, Peter Peter Pan Neverland place where people just go to be funny and it's all about jokes and camaraderie. Knock it off, all right? It's a business and it's highly competitive i mean i've been in i've been at it for a minute now and i still don't even know what the fuck to do or there's still so many things that are hidden from me you know what i mean and i've been doing it you know so it's like it's a competitive place for sure um now i want to break down here from my perspective regarding competition in comedy i'll speak to my level jonathan ramtran here up-and-coming stand-up comic. Um, You can call me a semi-pro. I've been paid to do comedy. I've done a little bit of club work. Um, I've committed a big portion of my life in terms of like, you know, how I live my life day-to-day. Moving, you know, I move, you know, like you have to position yourself in a, uh, sometimes you have to position yourself in a different city. You know, you might have to move cities to try to pursue your goal as a performer, so I've done that. Um, I've hosted my own shows. I've done my own special. Jonathan Ramtran, suitable for no audiences. It's a real humdinger, folks. I put it out right in the midst of the 
pandemic, you know? So it, it, it's a bunch of material that I wrote during pandemic to keep myself motivated and to, you know, push back against the narrative that's out there. So do check it out when you get the chance. Jonathan Ramcharan, suitable for no audiences. So yeah, that's me. Competitive comedian, living in Toronto, Canada, doing my thing, uh, working my way up. And from my perspective, and what I see in my comedy life, which I think is uh, relatable all the way through comedy, is um, four types of comedians. Now, the first type of comedian is delusional. They're wackadoo. They're out to lunch, you know? They're just... They show up at shows, and they got this attitude, and they're blabbermouths, and they're just, oh, yeah, hey, how's it going? Blah, 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 blah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and they're always running off at the mouth, and they always got a quick, snarky, stupid comment to make, and they're just like, they're all blah, 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 off stage, which is important. I'll give them that. It is important to be able to hold it down comedically anytime, anywhere. But for the most part, these people are blabbermouths off stage. Get them on stage. Somebody really shit the bed. Like, you know, they're delusional. They're always running off at the mouth, blah, 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 but get them on stage. You see what's up. They know, they know, they know. <laughs> they know. So that's the first type of comedian, delusional. Second type of comedian is weak. Weak. Weak comedians. Their writing is weak. Their stage performance is weak. Their whole je ne sais quoi is weak. They're just weak. You know, so then they clog up stage time by going on stage and I guess they can string together material. They'll go up there and they'll tell the same joke night after night for like a year. You know, just they'll, they always do the same jokes. Their writing's weak. Their performance is weak. They're just weak. And they and they survive by kissing ass. Oh, good set. Hey, hey, man, good set. Good set. Weak DNG dork DNG dork nerd geek. You're weak. You know? They ain't got nothing going for them, unfortunately. Then you got the third type of comedian. The contender. Which I like to think of myself as. The third type of comedian, the contender. Somebody who Hey, they got the building blocks. They got the they got the formula. They just gotta keep working. So that's me, I would say. Sorry, my leg's falling asleep here. God. Ah. Yeah, that's me, you know? Got the uh swag, got the ability, and just keep working at it. So that's the third type of comedian, the contender. And when you're a contender, there's a couple things that happen. The delusional and the weak come at you. Like a moth to the flame. <laughs> talking at you, coming at you, talking at you. You know? Stabbing you in the back. Or, you know, they come as friends, they come as foes. Who knows, right? 
And, you know, other contenders, they may also come at you as a friend or foe. You know, they, they see you as competition. They know your competition. You know their competition. So there's kind of like a stare-off, a showdown. You know, you, you're sizing each other up. And it's always like a... You bump into each other at the club and it's... And they get relish stomping off as, uh, you know, leaving the room as, coming to the stage, Jonathan Ramcharan. And as I go to the stage, my contender rival stomps out of the fucking room. They're not going to watch my set. You know, it's like petty little comedian rivalries, right? So that's the third type of comedian from my point of view, the contender. And the fourth type of comedian is the champ. And that's anybody who's, hey, making strides in the comedy game, making a living, and getting recognition for their work. The champ. And a champ, in my opinion, is anybody from a goat, like a Cat Williams, to like uh, just a, a relative unknown. Somebody who's working significantly at comedy and getting paid and getting on the road and working their way through. The champ. Champ. So, you know, those are the four types of comedians. The delusional, the weak, the contenders, and the champs. So I'm kind of in that contender category. I'm, I got the building blocks. I'm just working through my shit. Hopefully one day I'll become a champ. And here's the thing. Just because you're a champ, that does not make you a winner. And just because you're an up-and-comer, just because you're delusional, weak, or a contender, just because you're on the come-up doesn't mean you're a loser. Just because you're a champ, it doesn't make you a winner. A lot of comedians that are successful, success comes with a price tag. What do they do for the success? What's their spiritual life like? What's their relationship with their fellow man? A lot of scumbag, dirtbag, scumbuckets in the comedy game, just like anywhere in life. And just because you're on the come up, and just because you're, you know, working your way through the game, doesn't mean you're a loser, you know? For example, myself, I'm a contender, I'm I'm on the come up, but I feel very spiritually fulfilled these days. And I'm focusing, focusing on things like my... My faith, I'm f- focusing on things like my health. I'm focusing on things on like how to treat my fellow man. I'm even, I'm even, I'm even, I'm even focusing on, I'm even focusing on things like, um, you know, how to deal with haters when they comment on your YouTube video. You know, you got to deal with them accordingly as well in a love your neighbor as you love yourself manner. So there you go. Maybe that's a little long-winded, but um, fuck it. It's my podcast. That's how I see comedians. And I'll quickly break it down again. The four types of comedians. One, the delusional. That's the type that they're out to lunch, they're talking, blah, blah, blah. But if you get them on stage, they just don't have what it takes at all. The delusional. Number two, the weak. 
the weak comedian where it's like their game just there's just too many holes in their game they don't got the writing they don't got the performance they don't got the stage presence they're weak and they're usually clout chasers hey great set great set great set and they they try to suckle on the titty of comedy to get whatever crumbs are there for them the weak the third type of comedian the contender which i consider myself and that's like um you know somebody who's got the building blocks and they're working their way through the game and the fourth type of comedian is the champ and that's the type like cat williams or any working comedian who is successful making strides in the game they're getting on tour they're getting paid they're working their way no matter how humble no matter how magnificent and that's what i mean and that's what i um relate to when cat talks about comedy as being competitive it is like those categories i broke down is really those categories that I broke down and outlined, that's really how, at least from my perspective, how I'm seeing the game. Um, you know, I've had comedians backstab me, snake, steal, rob me of gigs. You know, I've had gigs that comics like stole from me. I've had comics talk shit to me, about me to club managers but like, I'll be all nice in my face. Oh, hi, Jonathan. Great set. You're so funny. <laughs> we should get together and write sometime. <laughs> Acting like my buddy, but behind the scenes, they're snaking. They're talking shit about me. You know, I've had comedians bump me, you know? Like, bumping in comedies, like when you go to um, a gig and... Um, <clears throat> You're on the show, but then all of a sudden, oh, sorry, um, I know, you know, oh, sorry, you can't have your spot. Somebody else has to go or whatever. You know, you get bumped because maybe it's a great night and there's a lot of audience. Eh, we're going to bump you. Or for whatever reason, ego tripping pricks, right? Or like, um, you know, a lot of comedians are contrarians, you know? If I say it's up, they say it's down. If I say it's um, this way, they say it's that way. They always got a contrarian point of view, which is just so hack and phony. Like, you just got, I mean, yo, if it's a nice day out, just agree that it's a nice day. Don't give me some smart ass. Well, actually, no, it's not that nice out, you know. I mean, <laughs> I mean, um, huh? here's a funny little take that I have. Here's a funny little perspective that I have. <laughs> and they're talking at you and shit. Knock it off. You know, a lot of comedians are contentious contrarians for the sake of argument because it's a battle of ego. They want to seem superior to that comic. That comic wants to seem superior to that comic. Just a battle of egos. Ego tripping. You know? And, um, you know... A lot of comedians are emotional and they're not business-minded. I've been there before. Acting out in emotion and not being very business-like or very brotherly to fellow comedians. So yes, that's what I relate to a lot 
with what Cat Williams spoke about on the Club Shay Shay interview with Shannon Sharp. I mean, I can't confirm and I can't deny all those allegations, but if you're looking at Cat Williams and going, oh, he seems like a bitter comic, or oh, he's hyper-competitive, and oh, he's, what's with all this anger, and what's with all this, you know, uh, competitiveness and combativeness? Comedy, take it from me, a comic, you know, I'm, yo, man, I'm, like I said, I'm a contender, you know, I got the building blocks. There ain't no reason why I can't work my way up. You know, I got all the right tools. I just got to, you know, keep doing my thing. Take it from me. Check out my special, Jonathan Ramtran, suitable for no audiences. It's a real humdinger. Check it out. It's on YouTube, on my channel. Take it from me. I'm a contender. Like, um, the game of comedy is competitive. And Cat Williams ain't lying on that point. Faux show. Yeah. He ain't, you know what I mean? And, um, you know, another thing that's very interesting about the Club Shay Shay interview with Shannon Sharp, you know, Cat was going into, like like I said, he's very ominous when he talks, you know, it's just, he's got that way of, you know, well, when I was 13 years old, I was homeless and I lived in this park and I saw drug addicts doing drugs And I asked them what happened in their life. And they said, their life went downhill. And that's why I don't do drugs. And he, you know, he's got a very ominous way of talking. And he's very, like, sharp and on the point. And he's very successful in his comedy career. So that leads me to think, like, why wouldn't you consider the words that he says. Like, why wouldn't you consider it? You know what I mean? Because, like, he would, you know, you know, Shannon, when I was 13 years old, I had read 3,000 books a year. That's like damn near 10 books a day. If my math is correct. This motherfucker's talking about he's reading 10 books a day. Damn near, or whatever. 3,000 books a year. You're just looking at him like, what the fuck? You know, when I was 13 years old, I was mowing lawns. I was making $10,000 a year uh, mowing lawns. And then I started stealing, started stealing car radios and batteries. I made a million dollars by the time I was 18 years old selling shit door to door. I've been pimping since pimping's been pimping. And you're just like looking at him like, what the fuck's this guy going on about? You know I mean? It sounds a little odd, but then when you really think about it, hey, wait a minute. Cat Williams, self-made millionaire, multi-millionaire, he's doing well. He's on his, like, what, what did he say? He's on his 18th or 19th? I think he said his 19th 100-city tour. Netflix specials, all self-produced, you know, Emmy award-winning. Film roles going down, uh, you know, the whole Ice Cube Friday franchise. You know, this guy is successful, self-made successful, and very business savvy. That ain't no easy thing. Take it from me. Again, use me. 
on a lower level. You know, I'm I'm up and coming, and I've done things on a very small by comparison, but nonetheless, you know, doing my own shows, putting together my own gigs. I see how you got to be funny first of all, and you got to be very business minded. Cause hey, ain't nobody want to help you in comedy. I'm I'm telling you, man, ain't nobody want to stand next to a loser. That's basically what you're saying when you say you're a comedian. When you're a comedian and no one's ever heard of you, like such like myself, one of the first things people would say is, yeah, you're a loser. I never heard of you. Nobody wants to stand next to a loser. So to get the ball rolling by yourself to the point in which you are a hundred city tour Comedy special sold to Netflix, multi-millionaire, beloved comedy icon of the people, Cat Williams. That's more than just, he's some stupid comedian who tells dick jokes and gets people's attention. Like, that's a artist and that's a smart businessman. So when he talks... Even when he says crazy shit like, I used to read 3,000 books a year. <laughs> Guy's fucking reading 10 books every day. But then when you think about it, you're like, I don't even know if that math adds up. See, that's how stupid I am. But still, like, he's reading 3,000 books a year. Maybe there's something to that. Maybe there's something to everything he's saying. Do you think that Cat Williams got to where he is one day by accident do you think he got where he is today by accident it's no accident matter of fact it's pretty much documented hustle and bustle business savvy and artistry so when he speaks it's very interesting and a lot of what he does say um does make sense like for example I saw it for myself in my own eyes by paying attention and observing that one thing that happens in comedy, sorry, well, yeah, well, no, in Hollywood. One thing that happens in Hollywood that I saw with my own eyes from observing is, you know, they tend to put a lot of goofy, dorky-looking motherfuckers, black dudes, in movies. How come every motherfucking black dude you see in a movie is a goofy, cornball-looking motherfucker? I mean, you gotta be better looking than me to get into a fucking film, alright? And I'm alright looking, you know? I'm like a seven. Some bitches think I'm cute, some bitches can't stand me. It's just the way it is. I'm like on that level of like, you know, I'm attractive enough, but I ain't no stud and I ain't no pretty boy. You know, I'm cute. Uh, Some bitches think I'm cute, believe it or not. Right? You gotta be so you gotta be better looking than me to be like this Hollywood fucking starlet. Give me a break. Some of these black dudes that they got creeping around Hollywood, like, where did they get that guy? I was like, I'm like and then I started thinking to myself, hmm, not very good looking, not very talented. Seems like there's an agenda here. Why is all these black actors in Hollywood just the real goofball looking motherfuckers? I mean, think about it. I mean, Michael B. Jordan ain't the only sexy nigga that ever lived, you know. There's got to be at least two of him. I mean, Michael B. Jordan, good-looking guy, talented. How come he's the only one? 
They're like, okay, well, we can have one Michael B. Jordan, but the rest of y'all buffoons, you know? Yet every single white actor that they get is like some chiseled Adonis-looking motherfucker, some Olympian-looking dude. Come on, man, there's plenty of good-looking black actors. You're speaking to one of them. Yeah, that's right, I'm a seven. You should see me in action when, when I'm on stage and I'm doing my thing and the bitches are in the front row. You know what I mean? Seven. So, like, that is a very interesting conspiracy. And also about the um, dating of white women. Oh, sorry, no, black women. Black women in commercials. You know, I'm like, I'm, I'm not against interracial marriage. I'm not for it. I think people are better suited to start a family within their own race because it's just better off on the children. The children are going to grow up mixed, having conflict. Am I black? Am I white? Am I Asian? Am I Spanish? Like, to each kind, to each kind, it just makes sense. But I'm not against the interracial thing. But it is interesting how a lot of black women in Hollywood seem to have to go via white husband, white daddy. You see all these corny goofball commercials with black chicks with white guys, as in to say, hey, you know, you should get yourself a white man. You could just be more than a nigger bitch if you get yourself a white man. You know, it's like you do kind of see these things, right? Like, kind of interesting. I saw that with my own eyes. I'm like, there seems to be an influx of like black woman, white guy, commercials, movies, characters, media. Like, why are they pushing this narrative? And sure as shit, one day I saw Cat going off. How come these motherfuckers, these peanut head looking niggas be getting fucking... Since when is a motherfucker with a peanut head and your big old bell pepper nose? Since when are them niggas be sexy to Hollywood? Them, them niggas never been sexy to Hollywood. Shit. And I've been pimping since pimping's been pimping. What's with these black bitches getting with these white guys, you know, going to their white daddy? You know, they, they shacking up with a white man. That's what they doing. How else do you think they be getting their roles? Shit. I've been pimping since pimping's been pimping. You know, it's just like, you heard the goat. You heard the motherfucker. You know, and I'm like, yeah, cat's got a point. Cat's got a point. I saw that with my own eyes from observing. So sometimes you can agree with a person if you observe the same things, right? I don't just believe cat on that point because cat said it. I believe it because I've seen it. You turn on the TV. Goofy looking black guy. Black chick with a white guy. Goofy looking black guy. Black chick with a white guy. Goofy looking black guy. Black chick with a white guy. It's all over television. It's all over movies. All you got to do is take a look. So, with Cat, it would do one well. At least I'm looking at, I'm looking at it this way. It would do one well to, you know, consider the things he says. Because he didn't get to where he is by accident. He's an artist and he's a businessman on a high level. Yeah. So, what's next in the Cat Williams 
Saga. First of all, again, thank you, Club Shay Shay, Shannon Sharp. Great interview. And um, I'd like to see... Yeah, I would. I would like to see Cat Williams on Train by Day, Joe Rogan Podcast by Night, all day. I want to see him on the Joe Rogan Podcast, the Joe Rogan Experience. Yeah. Um, you know, there was a... There was a there was a little bit of a kerfuffle. Cat said some shit like, and how come you look at Joe Rogan? You know, look at Joe Rogan, you know. He's been putting the same six niggas on that ain't never been funny. The same six motherfuckers that ain't never been funny. And he's pushing them out. You know, like, Cat was, um, you know, calling out to the, the Joe Rogan sphere, making accusations. Joe plays favorites with the comedians he likes. He puts out the comedians that he likes. First of all, is that a crime? I mean, come on, Cat. I mean, Cat, I'll go. I'll sweat it with you all the way, Cat. I'll go the final stretch with you, Cat. I mean, I think you're a goat. I think Cat is the man. I'm all. I'm, I'll go all the way with you, buddy. But doesn't a person have the right to have friends in an industry and help out the friends? that they have in the industry. So you or somebody might not find a comedian funny. Well, if that comedian works hard and they have friends in the industry and they make connections, shouldn't they advance? And if they have fans, isn't that okay? So that criticism of the Joe Rogan sphere, I don't even really... Number one, that's just subjective. And number two, is it a crime? He helped out his friends. <laughs> what does anybody do in life? Help for my friends. Do you need any money? I just need somebody to fuck. So anyways, um, so after the Shannon Sharp interview, Club Shay Shay, Kat made his comments about the Joe Rogan sphere. Then somebody on X said, at It's a Vibe on X said, Cat Williams addresses never being on Joe Rogan's podcast. And he quotes, Joe don't want me on there. Joe got six comedians and ain't ever been funny. And he wants to push it out. So that's what Cat said about Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan responded, I love Cat. He's one of my favorite comics and I'd love to have him on. We talk about him all the time. If he's down, I'll make it happen. That was my Joe Rogan impression. Don't really have one. But that's what he said. I love Cat. He's one of my favorite comics and I'd love to have him on. We talk about him all the time. If he's down, I'll make it happen. And I've heard that. I've heard that. I've heard Joe Rogan praise Cat in the past on his podcast. Always talked very highly of him. I've seen... Rogan do that a few times. Though, to Kat's point, it's very interesting because the whole thing about the Joe Rogan experience, which Joe puts out there, almost as a marketing tool, like one of the claims, one of the guarantees behind the Joe Rogan experience is that Joe Rogan only puts on guests that he personally 
wants to talk to. So that's the claim and that's the guarantee, I think that's pretty public, that Joe has made about his show. He only puts on guests that he personally wants to talk to. And a show generally reaches out for guests. So what got lost in translation? Was Joe unable to reach out to Cat? Did Joe forget to reach out to Cat? Did Cat... Is Cat kind of elusive? I mean, I'm sure Cat ain't exactly the easiest guy to get a hold of. So, like, was it just two ships crossing in the night? Missed opportunities? Because, yo, it ain't no crime to have friends that you put on your podcast, have friends that you bring into your business and to bring into your world to help out. That ain't no crime. So, you know, Cat ragging on Joe about that is wrong. But then Cat does have a point where it's like, well, it's pretty common knowledge that Joe has on comics that he personally wants to hear from. Was there never an invite? Was there never an outreach? Or could it have been just, like I said, two ships crossing in the night? Missed signals. Joe's a very busy guy. Cat's a very busy guy. These are two high-level, extremely busy people. Where's the time? Where's the time to make it happen? It could have just been all a miscommunication. And that's really what I think it was. You know what I mean? Because, um, hey, I'm a Rogan fan. And he's a real forthright, upstanding guy. One of the brightest lights in entertainment and just um, in the souls of the people. You know, he, he stands for a lot of good things, Joe Rogan. So, um, you know, I think it was just a mixing of signals. Ain't no big deal. Cat, you've been pimping since been pimping, been pimping. Get your pimp ass on that show and go rock up another legendary podcast. Go get them numbers. You know what I mean? We'd, we'd all love to see um, two goats locking horns and breaking bread. So yeah, do it. The world deserves it, Joe. Cat, the world deserves it. Well, that about does it for another episode of Jonathan Ramcharan, the podcast. Very blessed and fortunate to have spoken with y'all this good day. Till next time, folks. Hallelujah. It's your old chuckle buddy, guess who? Jonathan James Ramcharan, signing off from duty on this magnificent January 13th in the year of our Lord, 2024. Cat Williams, Club Shay Shay, Shannon Sharp, interview. Legendary. The show is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, YouTube. Clips available on Rumble, my own website, jonathan-ramcharan.com And again, if you're enjoying the show, getting some laughs, chuckles, gags, guffaws, chortles, please help my black ass out. Share me with a friend. Till next time, folks. You live it, you love it, you realize it. Aight? Peace.